Hello, Erica. Hello, Stephen. We're back watching Doctor Who on this podcast called Lazy Doctor Who. That That's the one, and that's what we're doing. When's the last time we actually stated our, the name of this podcast? That is a very good question. Yeah. It would be unlazy of me to actually have kept track of the answer to that, so I have no idea. That's why I wanted to say it, because I just thought, well, <laughs> there's people out there who have like listened to several episodes and might have never known what this thing is called. I suppose if you have a... Uh, if you have a playlist of podcasts, which is the way that I listen to podcasts, so that just one rolls into the next, rolls into the next, and the next, that yeah, if you were trying out our podcast for the first time and just randomly picking an episode and it came up in the middle, it would be, hello, Stephen, hello, Erica, just jabber, jabber, jabber. And you might not have any idea what you just listen to if you're like washing the dishes or driving or something. Mm-hmm. It's like the ultimate serialized podcast. <laughs> There's not even a previously on trailer at the beginning of it. <laughs> no, because we have no idea what happened in the previous episode. Well, we do. We watched episode six of uh, The Faceless Ones. Or did we watch, was it just episode six? Or we did we watch all four and one? I think it was four through six. See, yeah. this is see. We don't know what happened. We know what happened in Doctor Who. We don't know what happened with us. No, but in Doctor Who, though, um, it, which which this carries on from episode one of Evil the Dallas, which we're watching now, um, the TARDIS is stolen. Ben and Polly leave. Mm-hmm. Um, it's July twentieth, nineteen sixty six, and things are afoot. Uh huh. Yeah. A foot or a, a a skirt. What do Daleks use to get around? Not feet. Jamie uses a skirt too, kilt. Wah wah. A kilter. I I see what you did that. Yeah. There there. <laughs> Words are hard. They are difficult. What you uh, what you think of this opening installment of this seven part story? Well, I think it would have probably been a little bit more interesting and surprising at the end if it wasn't called Evil of the Daleks. Oh, Doctor Who, never change. I know you won't. <laughs> well, they always have. I've, I'm trying. I was actually when I was watching this, I was going, "When's the last time the chase?" Certainly, is when we actually see a Dalek before the end of episode, like the cliffhanger of episode one. But it's been very rare f- up until this point for a story which is called something in the Daleks um, for a Dalek to not appear until literally ten seconds left in the show. So it's 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 a, adhering to tradition, I think. I honestly though I am just delighting in this this is so much fun because I I had said that the faceless ones was probably the last story that I knew nothing about and I'm realizing I actually I actually don't know much about this I know that it existed I know the title but and I mean obviously I know that there are Daleks and I'm guessing they're evil um you know it's it's in the title I'm not going to spoil things here (laughs) so uh but yeah, I don't actually know any of the particulars. I have some guesses based on um, the Mr. Waterfield, but uh, I don't, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. So this is this is exciting, and it was perfect timing for us to be watching a recon because I was eating some delicious chicken that I cooked in my instant pot, and all I had to do was just look up every night, you know, listening to the. Um, the the recon version we have it has the BBC audio with uh, Fraser Hines narrating. So I was listening to that, and I would just have to look up for for a telesnap every few seconds. Yeah, it's a it's a, so there we go. Early reports, episode one of <laughs> Evil of Daleks. Good while eating, possibly even better with while eating chicken. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. in uh, in homemade broth. Yep. No, it seriously though, it's it it has been fun to watch and listen to. Uh, the doctor and Jamie following clues and yes 
it's it adds an extra layer of like you know an extra wrinkle of interest to know that those clues were left there specifically for them to follow and uh this this fellow who was planting all of those clues clearly he is out of time like he is he you know is is totally of an actual victorian gentleman because he doesn't know what okay means and he doesn't know it there are several other ones he, he thinks he's paying uh perry in in guineas yeah, right. yep yeah. there was that um coffee shop as opposed to coffee bar although to me that's i don't know like i would feel like those words could be used interchangeably but maybe not i feel like is coffee bar the the current one as of 1967? Yeah, okay. maybe maybe a coffee shop would be where you could go and like buy coffee beans or something, and a coffee bar is where you go to to, to drink. drink coffee like we would in a coffee shop these days here in Canada. That could be. It's interesting how that's become cyclical, and now it's <laughs> like I don't hear coffee bar very often at all, and it's always coffee mm-hmm. shop now. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I've ever heard coffee bar. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But it's 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 neat to see them figuring things out. Um, yeah, I get a very um, Sherlock Holmes Watson vibe from that whole investigation. Mm-hmm. You know where he's going. Oh, did you notice? Like his his overalls didn't fit, and the pay, the front page of his clipboard is a different color than the rest. Like mm-hmm. this this is where I wish we had the visuals. Um, partly because it was directed by Derek Martinez, who directed Tenth um, Planet and Galaxy Four, and then later would do Spirit from Space, which is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's all on film. Um, I was wondering, I was wondering how many visual clues and cues he would have given. Would they have, have done a close up on his overalls and how they didn't fit? Yeah. Would he would he have done a close up on the clipboard, or is it just that subtle that it's just the doctor that picks it up and and tells the audience about it? I I I don't know. Did you get a Sherlock Holmes vibe from that at all, or no? Well, I mean, that's not a thing that would normally just jump into my head, not mm-hmm. being a, a big, huge, you know, Holmes fan. But now that you say it, yeah, that absolutely makes sense. It Down to even, like, the matchbook. Most people tear their matches from left to right or right to mm-hmm. left or whichever, and this one's the other way. So we're looking for somebody who is left-handed and... And rolls his own cigarettes, yep. apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I was like, wow, uh, tobacco products are providing a salient plot point in a classic Doctor Who story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked before about how you don't often see people smoking on Doctor Who, which is true, but this time we don't have to see anybody smoking. The cigarettes are there. No. Multiple types of cigarettes. Yes, mm-hmm. I know. Um, what? Oh, they go to a coffee shop, and we hear popular music for one of the few times in Doctor Who history. Yeah, the the first song that we heard in the background, I, I don't think I'd ever heard that version of it, but it is the song that, um, that uh, the princess is singing in jail in Spaceballs. That's why I know that song. Right. <laughs> She's a bass. Uh-huh. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, Spaceballs reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you didn't think that was coming. No, I did not. I was not <laughs> expecting Spaceballs to be referenced. I've heard the song many different places, possibly during a, might have been on a commercial or something in the 1980s, but anyway. Yeah, I had not heard that, but I recognized the the song. Uh, and then when Paperback Writer yeah. uh, started up, I was just like, it was just it felt really weird because the Beatles and that song in particular have been part of the fabric of my life for probably actually longer than Doctor Who has. But Doctor Who has been part of the fabric of my life since I was I don't know five. Mm-hmm. So, but never together, except for that moment in the chase. Uh, so it's just. It was just, I don't know, it felt really weird having that be in the background, even though it makes perfect sense. It does make perfect sense. Uh, I imagine that, I don't know how, well, obviously it was released on audio because we have the, the audio version of it we're, we're listening to, um, unless it was inserted from the actual original, because I'm trying to think, was there 
Fraser Hines narration over it because I'm I'm wondering if that section had to be cut for the audio re- release because of rights issues you know which obviously didn't exist in 1967 um so yeah that that, that was cool I, I found myself sort of like straining to hear the dialogue as I was like bopping along thinking cool paperback writers of Doctor Who this is amazing yeah I'm not gonna lie I was a little bit distracted as well but uh but I did uh did notice the telesnap of the all of the skirts you know jamie's yeah. and the girls uh jamie with his big knee socks mm. pulled up with the girls with their bare legs um yeah it was interesting and it just it it feels very mysterious we have this guy with these pictures these, these lovely headshots mm-hmm. of the doctor and jamie yes. like Pro- they, promo shots from the making of the highlanders both were i assumed yeah. because i was like huh i wonder where he got those delightful yeah. like like mm-hmm. well posed close-ups um but wherever he got them and is you know they're just there's moving parts here and and we don't know what's happening and then there's a secret door behind a bookcase oh i am such a sucker for that i friggin love secret doors behind bookcases or behind other things but book behind bookcases is is my ultimate favorite and and in the in that room it's very futuristic and spare and stark except for a giant throne on one side of the room and uh yeah and you get the 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 excitement of like the whole way through mr waterfield is not acting like your stereotypical villain and i mean i think it's pretty clear by the end of it that he is uh he is doing what the daleks are telling him to because they have some some sort of hold over him um he's being blackmailed in some way and he I quite liked the the thing where Mr. Perry says, "I'll see you in the morning," and he just sort of, uh, "Oh, yeah, sure, in the morning." Yep, like like he's not expecting to be there in the morning. Ooh, maybe. Oh, I never I never picked up on that. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Yeah, because like he's kind of distracted, but he's like in the morning, like. But yeah, so that's my thought is that that the character is is expecting that when the doctor and Jamie show up, that whatever obligations he has to what we now know are the Daleks, um, will then be over, and he'll be able to I don't know go home maybe to his own time or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know that Daleks have time travel technology, so getting getting him here is not terribly um, you know out of the realm of of possibility. Watching this story in context of all that came before it, it comes as such a shot of energy because if Doctor Who has never really played around with time, especially within a story, you know, like maybe they go from time to time, but they don't necessarily go back. So there's obviously someone, as you say, Waterfield, who is not from this time. And then there's, you know, the weird, you know, the, the room in 1966 that leads to a, a, the, this weird futuristic space room where Daleks come in from somewhere. It's such a melding of different time zones and feels to the whole thing. It just feels very modern. I can see this episode existing in the current series uh, right, you know, maybe not in black and white and then videotape and stuff like that, but you know, just the themes of it just feel very modern to me. Oh yeah, totally. I can I can absolutely picture television characters with very little. You know, you wouldn't even have to alter the dialogue all that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as it's still sort of set in the same time, you can still have the you know guineas versus pounds and and all that kind of stuff and the things that the doctor is noticing. Like you said, it's 
Sherlock Holmesian, and you know we've got a several modern Sherlock style series that that are a lot like this. And ooh, and the bit with the uh, the Dalek materializing was moving film or picture because that is the uh, taken from the reprise on episode two, which exists. You see. Okay, that makes sense. I was just I was not expecting that. So, so while I didn't have the excitement of a Dalek reveal, not you know, <laughs> without expecting a Dalek because of the title, I got the excitement of suddenly seeing moving pictures mm-hmm. without expecting to see moving pictures. So I still I felt like I I sort of got uh, an extra. It was just extra exciting. It was just a little bonus to suddenly see it moving and then see the Dalek appear and. Um, yeah, it was exciting. And then we had a neat shot uh, through the safe mm-hmm. on the wall. That was that was pretty clever. Good job, Derek Martinus. Yeah. And the music, which I... This is Dudley Simpson doing the music for this. He had already done bits for the Macro Terror and Underwater Menace. But this is his first like full-on story. I think he's done since... Ooh, it's been a while. I can't remember now. The Chase or something like that. And I just love the, the Dalek theme, which purposely mimics the Doctor Who theme. Just like it's a spooky version of it, which I find very effective, especially during that that last scene. Wow, that's cool. I did not notice, but maybe I will listen for it next time and see if it's there. It will be there, yeah. David Whitaker wrote this, by the way. He also wrote Power of the Daleks. Um, it is my belief that the these are the two finest Dalek stories ever made i am looking forward to seeing what you think about the rest of the six episodes that we have to watch for this one well six episodes sounds a little daunting Mm -hmm. but it sounds a heck of a lot less daunting now that i've seen this first episode and it's just so good Mm -hmm. i think i may be uh maybe on board with your your david whitaker feels maybe not for the absolute best because because dalek by rob Sherman is pretty great and i love asylum of the daleks so. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, that's a good one. I was thinking, why do we always get that one confused with Victory of the Daleks, but they don't like as much? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I don't hate Victory of the Daleks the way a lot of people do. I, I there are many things in there that I that I enjoy, but it is it is no asylum. But then, then again, in Asylum of the Daleks, the Daleks is not like they're incidental to what I like mm-hmm. about that story. Um, whereas whereas in Power of the Dalek, the Daleks are integral to what I like about the story. Same thing with Dalek. Uh, Here? Well, that remains to be seen. As we will discuss on the next episode of Lazy Doctor Who, the name of this podcast. (laughs) That is indeed the name of this podcast. So, signing off from Lazy Doctor Who. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye.